For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. God and King, we bless your name. For eyes shall be opened tonight. Access shall be given tonight. Aha. All right. Lord, I say, eyes are open tonight. Access is given tonight. And entry to the heart of the Father. And knowledge to interpret mystery. And utterances to speak in human understanding. We worship you, God, the spirit of prophecy. We thank you, the God of angels, whom all angels worship. We thank you, the maker of heaven and earth and the father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Unto whom all mankind shall report before We thank you for the gift of the Son and the gift of sonship. You gave us your Son that we may become sons of God. And tonight as we bask in your eternal knowledge, let the words that we read be made manifest in every man that we hear. Transforming the experiences of God's people on earth that they may have encounters as written in the scriptures. In Jesus' holy name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Welcome, someone beside you, in the name of the Lord. Why you must take your seat? Hallelujah. Wow, tonight is the first night. Let me say that today is the first day of the 27th anniversary of Christ's tabernacle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tonight is power night. If anybody is listening to me out of this building, I want to congratulate you for tuning in. Those of you who are watching from Africa, from India, from the U.S., from Asia, from the Middle East, and from the Latin Americas, and Australia, recognize you. And those who have tuned in from China, the whole region of the Asia. Tonight begins the night of power, that is power night. When I was seeking God about what will be of each night, the Lord told me that tonight shall be. He says to me that every night shall be power night. So in my, when I was putting out the program, I never wrote any topic for today. Because for power night, we have to wait on God to hear what he wants for each day. But while I was waiting on God for today, the Lord told me that today will be the ministry of angels. While I was up there praying and seeking God to know exactly what aspect of it would be applicable to us tonight, the Lord said to me that 
I want to introduce you to the ministry of angels. We will continue tomorrow on the ministry of angels. And we will end up talking about sons are higher than angels on Friday. It is good for Christians to know who angels are. Your, your lack of knowledge of who they are means you will live all your life on earth without, you know, their real encounter. Though they are the one behind all operations that you are seeing happening. But if you don't know who they are and um, who you are, that is, who angels are to who you really are, and uh, the animosity of the powers of angels, what happens to you as a believer is that you will live a life of theory without having encounters of practical. My heart for the church of God on earth is for Christians not to just be people who read the Bible and who know the stories of the Bible. I believe that the Bible is not a story. It is a manual for living. In other words, everything you read in the Bible about how God related to man is written there for you who believe in Jesus to know how God wants to relate with you. If we look at it, therefore, we will discover too that the Bible haven't written about how God related with man. He also wrote about how man related with God. What is, what is lacking in the life of many Christians on earth is that many of us know about what God did to men or with men, but we do not bother to look into what did those people do to God that attracted God to deal like that with them. Now what my message is focused on throughout my lifetime is to help those who profess Christ to have a true understanding that it is the beginning of relationship with an invisible being whose name is God. And also to help you know that while you are in the body, you ought to encounter God the Bible way. And also to now look into what are the things that believers can do, which is a mirror of what all the people of the old did. Because in the time of the old, let me give you a precis of the old. In Genesis, we read about the God who appeared to uh, Adam because he created Adam in his own image. He walks to the garden and he sits with Adam and they talk like friends. Because Adam was expressed physical manifestation of God himself. So as he will talk with angels and he will talk with the elders of heaven, as he will talk with the beings in heaven, he spoke with Adam. And we also read in the scripture in Genesis that not only Adam, of course, he spoke with Eve. Because when he visited Adam, Eve was there and they had a fellowship. We understand therefore that fellowship is having intimate relationship with the divine God. That is what is called fellowship. And Jesus expressed further in explaining that in the book of John 17. When he said, when he prayed that all of us should be one. In no way was he talking about churches coming together. That's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said in 17th chapter of John, he said, You in me and they in us, then we shall be one. So Jesus was talking about individual people who believe in his name, having personal individual fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that when people who have personal fellowship, okay, 
<laughs> people who have personal fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, when they come together, then they will be bounded in the Spirit. I we together now. So that is what you are speaking about. Because at the beginning, God made that. So that he had fellowship with man. So in the end, when he now brought his son, is to restore that fellowship back. So that God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, now have their dwelling in man. That is salvation. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I and my Father will come into you. We were discussing today in the earlier program, you know, when I was teaching about um, the, 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 the Church of the Living God. We discovered that, you know, these days people have issues about uh, the word Christianity because some people have thought that Christianity is a religion. Alright, but we found in the Bible that it's not a religion. The first people that were called Christians were the Christians in Antioch. What made them call them Christians was that they talked like Jesus, they behaved like Jesus, they did everything Jesus did. And when people saw those people different from all who worship God, they said these ones are like Christ. So they say they are Christ-like. God didn't name us Christians. God named us sons of God. But mortal men saw our manifestation like of Christ, and then they say that these people are Christ-like. So we understand by that that many go to church, but they are not Christians. Anybody who is a Christian is a person having accepted Jesus Christ, began to learn at his feet, and he is the disciple of Christ. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ. So don't be carried about with the slogan that people try to undermine what Christianity is by saying that it's a Christian religion. Even some people have met some people, a sect in Christian religion before, who, I, you know, they ask me that, uh, what priest are you? And I said, um, you know, a Christian priest. And they said that, uh, uh, no. And they mentioned the names of churches, denominations, to try to identify whether I was... So that person really said to me that, are you a, a, a Roman Catholic or a Christian? And I told him that the Roman Catholics are Christians. A Roman Catholic is not a religion. A Roman Catholic, a Roman Catholic is supposed to be a Christian. A Pentecostal, an Anglican Methodist, is supposed to be a Christian. But the fact is that under the umbrella of Christianity, we have many denominations, but not everyone who go to those churches, both Roman Catholic, Anglican Methodist, and, and Pentecostal, really more problem Pentecostal people today, are born again. So a Christian is somebody born again. And when somebody is born again, we understand by the Bible that Jesus said, I and my Father will come and make dwelling in you. We agree that with we, that say amen. amen. So therefore, anybody that have received Jesus Christ into their heart as their personal Savior, Lord and Savior, are born again. Anybody born again, it doesn't matter which church you go, you are a Christian. Evidence that you are a Christian is embedded in the book of, of, of um, 1 John chapter 2 from verse 1 to 6. Let me read that very quickly. Because today we are talking about angels. My dear children, I wrote this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father on our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. 
He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know Him if we what? If we what? So those who go to churches and they have their own regulation of what they think is moral standard of living, they do not, they don't know Christ, neither is Christ in them. People who, when you rebuke them about a wrongdoing and show them the scriptures that what you are doing is wrong, this is the scripture, and they find it hard to obey the scripture, they will find it hard because they have not got the seed of God in them. Because Romans chapter 8 applies to that. It says that a person who is not born again cannot accept or receive, okay, the Spirit of God. So anybody who goes to church and cannot fully obey God, he has not seen God. This is the scripture. The next verse says, The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. Okay? And the truth is not in him. The truth is Christ. Now, the next verse 6. Let's read it together, shall we? Verse 6. Verse 6, please. Simple. Whoever make a claim to what? To do what? Okay, so you don't make a claim just to be saved. You make a claim to live in him. Alright? He must do what? Work. And that, that work is talking about your life. Life. It's not talking about miracles now. You can perform miracles and you are not working like the Lord works. We looked at a few things that is happening in Pentecostal churches today in our previous, previous lecture. You cannot have a godless Christian. It's impossible. It's either you are a Christian and you are godly, or you are godless, it means you are a non-Christian. I have to clarify this because I want to talk about angels. And for those of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who submit to the counsel of the Word of God alone, or to those of you who are hearing me today, and you make up your mind that you want a new start, I want to talk to you. My message today does not apply to anybody who does not fall within the category of my definition. Therefore, the ministry of angels. Who are angels? The first scripture that I read to you is from the book of Revelation 19, verse 9 to 10. It says, Then the angel said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. The first thing I want us to recognize here is the Bible spoke about an angel who brought a revelation to a human in a vision, in this case John. And when John looked at the enormity of this information, the mystery behind this information, I mean, the awesomeness of the knowledge of that person talking, 
recognizing this is an angel of the Lord. With all what you are telling me, you know all this. He felt angels are higher than man. So he bowed down to worship. And the angel took him up quick and said, don't do that. I am a fellow servant. Fellow servant. Okay? I have a duty as well as you from the commanding officer, Jesus Christ. Fellow servant of who? He says, I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Angels are only servants, fellow servants, to those who hold to the scriptures, the word of God. They are not servants to those who go to church. They are servants of people who fear the word of God, who revere the instruction of God. People who don't joke with the scriptures, but they dread before God. When God speaks, they want to make it happen. They are ready to suffer so that the Bible can be fulfilled in their lives. In obeying the word of God, they have no obstacle, no, no self, no personality, no pride, no, no importance. And these people who fear God so much like that are fellow servants with angels of God. And it says, with your brothers and who hold the testimony of Jesus, then it says, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophet. Now, we recognize from this scripture, therefore, that angels are co-workers with us. All of us here who believe in the Lord Jesus, we have various assignments to do. Some of us are called to preach the word. That's what I'm doing now. Some of us are called to do works in various parts of the ministry. So angels are co-workers with us. Therefore, that brought, brings me to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to the question, what is their own job? We preach the gospel. That is not the job of angels. We give offering. Angels don't give offering. Alright, we go to the ends of the earth. That's not the job of angels. We pray for the sick. It is not the job of angels. We cast out devil. Angels don't do that. Now, if we are fellow workers, what are they doing really? What is their duty? What are they doing on earth? If you look at the book of Hebrews 1.14, therefore, it says, are not all angels ministering spirits? Hold it. The word ministering means attend to the need of somebody. And Hebrew 1 14 says, Are not all angels ministering? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Who, is, who, who in this meeting have a, a, a severe pain on the left part of his chest? Where is the person who has severe pain? Or oh, maybe you have a diagnosis about your heart. I'm feeling somebody, yeah, stand up, brother. Take a breath in. Release it again. Take it in again. Breathe out. Take a long breath and hold it. Breathe out. Sit down. You are healed. Alright, let's go ahead. It says, are not all angels ministering spirit. Ministering spirit means 
a spirit that attends to the need of somebody that is ministering. Now, who do angels attend to? Whose need are they assigned to attend to? It says, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. I think angels have two duties. Because the Revelations 9, 19, 9 10, it says, I'm a fellow servant. Alright. And Hebrew 1, 14 says, angels minister to the need, they attend to the need of those who will inherit salvation, born again people. <coughs> Alright? Now, so we identify here one function. Their function is, if you are a Christian, they stand to attend to your needs. Which means that we can begin to say, when a Christian prays to heaven, and God sends a reply, between your prayer and your reply, is an angel who took your prayer to heaven, and who brought the reply to you. Because ministering means, attend to the need. Somebody who needs healing, and somebody speaks, be healed, an angel will be the middleman to enforce that healing or that command on that person and physically the person is healed. If somebody have creative miracles, like people who a part of their body disappeared that was sick and a new part manifested, it means that angel is the one who took the new part from heaven and replaced it, replaced the old one. <coughs> because they are spirits that attend to the needs of those who will inherit salvation. Now, let me explain this to you, therefore. Anything that be the need of a Christian is what angels are commanded to attend to. So, which means it will cover my need for myself, okay, and my need for all third parties. That is the reason why, if we, when we do crusade, we say, be healed in the name of Jesus, and an idol worshiper is sick, and God heals him. Because my need is for that sick to be healed, and God will send his angel to minister to my need, which will be the healing of that man. Not me now. But I want Jesus to heal that man. Now you will understand, therefore, that angels are the one behind every supply of our needs. Now, I want to take you a little bit tonight into what I would cherish as the most cherished of the work of angels to man. I know they are behind provision, they are behind miracles, they are behind uh, healing and all stuff like that. But when I look at, if I was sick and I was poor, alright, I have so many material needs. And God said to me, ask for one thing for angel to do for you. Now I'm sick. I don't have money. I'm poor. What will I ask? I will ask him for revelation. I won't ask for healing. I won't ask for money. I will ask, give me an angel who can give me revelation. Because you see, the one that is sick only needs a revelation to be healed. 
The one that hasn't got money, only need revelation. Pastor Qatar shared a testimony with me. Since he has arrived here, he shared so many things with me. I will let him share those testimonies on Friday. About one of our pastors in India who made five pounds a week and how God changed that money to 20 pounds a week, even now more. He will share it tomorrow. Revelation. Revelation. The Bible says here, therefore, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, Revelations 1 1. I love it so much. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known by sending who? Angels to who? Who testified to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Christ. Then he went further to say, blessed, are one, blessed is the one who reads the word of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it. So you are blessed tonight. Amen. I can hear you. Amen. He said, blessed are those who hear it, and do what? Come on now, church. Can we all see that screen? Let's read together. Blessed are those. Uh-huh. Because, so now, this is it. The revelation of Jesus Christ. So who is the owner of the revelation? Jesus Christ. Which God gave him. Who gave Jesus the revelation? The Father. To show his servants. So God will look at you and he will call Jesus and he will say, Jesus I give you this revelation to show to my son or my daughter. Jesus is in heaven. Let's see how the procession goes. It says, to show you what must soon take place. He made it known by sending who? <coughs> His angel. He made it known by sending who? So, God wants you to know something. God gives it to Jesus Christ, who is the custodian of all knowledge and vision. Jesus calls an angel, go and show to Angela in London what the father wants her to know. So therefore, revelation is the first major and most important thing. To angels. Beginning from the revelation that you have in your mind. In knowing that you know. You read the scriptures and then your eyes is opened. We understand that the instrument that works through angels is called the Holy Spirit. And I will show you tonight before we stop on the cooperation of angels Holy Spirit and man. So therefore, all revelation that a man can receive, angels are the vehicle to bring it. Yes? 
let's look at two case studies. The book of Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. You will be ready to write quite a few number of things because I will read these scriptures. <clears throat> read the scriptures very quickly because I want us to cover quite a lot. In Daniel chapter 9 verse 1, it says in the first year of Darius, of a son of Xerxes, a meeting by this who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. In this first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem will last 70 years. This man was reading the Bible and he saw a promise. And he recognized by the Holy Spirit that the promise, you know, should have been fulfilled. But it's not fulfilled. So, he now said, so, verse 3, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in what? Prayer and petition and? Come on now, say prayer. Prayer. Petition. Petition. Fasting. Fasting. Some Christians believe they shouldn't fast. Don't join them. (laughs) If the Bible tells you to fast, and Jesus himself said you should fast, and the Christian, early Christian fasted, even they fasted to sing praises. I mean, I can understand that. Acts chapter 13 said, while they were fasting and worshipping, they held the fast, not because they wanted to, to bind the devil or wanted to pray for blessing. They, they fasted because they wanted to worship God. You won't tell me that people who fast because they want to worship God, they won't fast normally just to seek His face. Fasting must have been very, very cognitive to their reasoning or to instrumental to the way of their communication with God. And so, <clears throat> the Bible says this Daniel turned to the Lord. Prayer, petition, and fasting. That is, he continued to pray. Now, as he's a sacro, we understand that talking about humility. Look at verse 20, what happened? Verse 20 says, Yes. It says, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sins and the sins of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord known to my, to, to my God. For his holy hill. Verse 21 says, While I was still praying, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in a swift flight about the time of evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you what? Insight and what? Understanding the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show his servant Alfred. He made it known by sending his angel. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show his servant Daniel. He made it known by sending his angel Gabriel. You can see the correlation of the scriptures. The angel came to give what? Insight and what? Understanding. Okay? And it said in verse 23, As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Why? Because you are always communicating with the Father. 
So your name is known in heaven. You are one among the people on earth who regularly pray, who regularly talk to God. Though you are rich, you are influential, God has blessed you so much, you don't have any problem really. A man of great faith, who will have said that I don't need to pray? What am I looking for? I have money, I came as a slave, now I'm a ruler in the country. I have all comfort, I command Babylonians. I can get anything I wanted. But yet, with all the materials I've given you, the height I've taken you, you continue to pray as if you are nothing without God. And that's the truth. So, we understand here the attitude that can bring angelic revelation. A person who commits himself to continuous prayer life, to seeking God regularly, he will encounter angels. Someone says to me, but I pray regularly. What do you pray? Binding devil every time, casting demon and rebuking Satan. Forget about all those stuff. There is a testimony that Pastor Kata shared with me about two people. <laughs> he will share it on Friday. Though maybe I will let him share it any, any day God will give us the opportunity for time. Before Friday. Listen to me. The prayer we are talking about here, men who prayed and had angelic visitation, the prayer they pray is the praying seeking the face of God, seeking knowledge from God to know, to understand God's agenda, God's plan. Where do I fit in? This is what this man is praying. He's not binding the devil or looking for somebody running after him. No. He read the Bible and a promise was in the Bible and he understood by the Spirit that this is not how our life should be. Our life should be this way. But what is causing it? What is the hindrance? And because of the burden of the Word of God, he went to pray. If you read the life of Solomon, when God, when Solomon became king, and God said to Solomon, ask me whatever you like, you want and I give you. Solomon said to God, how can I rule over these people? I am nothing but a young boy of 30. And he said, give me knowledge so that I can fulfill my role which you have assigned me. That is, should be the prayer of Christians. More vision about who you truly are. Revelation of who you truly are. Your life on earth, will you just live and die without affecting God or for, on, on God's behalf affecting generation? That is the thinking of this man. He has no thinking about material things. He goes to God daily seeking the face of God in line with what is written. No wonder. Angels said to him, you are highly esteemed. Not only that, the angel said, now here, I have come to give you insight. Look at chapter 10 of Daniel. In verse 1 it says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true and it concerns a great war. The understanding of this message came to him in a vision. At that time I Daniel mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine, touched my lips. And I used no lotion at all until the three weeks were over. Let me say this to you. I met some people in England in the early days, my early days in England, who told me that, oh, they are doing Daniel's fast. So they eat vegetables. You know, it's utter nonsense. That's why they have vegetable vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, not, none of them see angels. None of them here had God at all. 
If you say you are eating vegetables and you think that is done fast, you shouldn't bath for the third three, three weeks. He didn't bath at all. He didn't wash his mouth. Don't let deceive us any longer. Those are the pacifiers that the devil gave the church. So that the church will remain weak and not encounter God. This man did away with choice food. Because he was a rich, influential man and they eat course by course. He left the table of food for three weeks. That's what the Bible tells us. And he began to seek God, which is his normal custom. Prayer, petition, and fasting. You look at verse 7, it says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw. He saw a vision. No, 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 let me read from verse 4 too, really. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing at the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystallite, his face like shine, like light, light, lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like gleam and burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of multitude. When I read this, I just love to see it. What about you? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but you see, this guy didn't go to the Vatagris to go and have a, a, you know, a, a sun bask. <laughs> I'm not saying that is not good. <laughs> Just going to the to the to the seaside to go and uh, play. No, he went to seaside because it was a, a place of tranquility, and no one was there at the time, and no one can disturb him. And he went walking about, praying, knelt down, began to pray, seeking the God, facing the the sea, and asking the God who created the sea, talking to him. He was there. He didn't come to his throne for three weeks, outside, praying. Day and night. That's why I couldn't bath. There is no bathroom there. I would get there now. I want us to see the attitude of man who saw God. If anybody has such attitude, you will see God. It doesn't mean literally that you will go and stay by the sea. Because a good number of you can lock up yourself in your room until heaven come down. I would get there now. So therefore... It says that Daniel saw, <clears throat> verse, verse 7, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The man with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deadly pale, and I saw I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. This tells us the form he was praying. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel... You are highly esteemed. Why did angels tell man you are highly esteemed? Because the man found time out of all his political duties, influence wealth, to seek the face 
of God. Listen to me. Hmm. What we are looking at is angels are the one behind every revelation. Angels are the one behind every revelation from God. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show his servant and he sent his holy angel. Now let us go a little bit into the New Testament because I will soon finish for tonight. Because when we talk about the Old Testament, we need to validate what we are saying. In the New Testament, let's say that the book of um, Philip chapter 8 verse 26 have you seen the book of philip hallelujah acts chapter 8 26 it says now an angel of the lord said to philip another member of the church go south to the road the desert road that goes down from jerusalem to gaza so he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasures of Candace, queen of Ethiopia. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way, way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29 says, the spirit took, told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. I want us to see the work of angel and the spirit. You see that there are two different things. The angel came to him and said, look, go south to the road, the desert road. That is how, you know, they describe in those days, so that you can know the exact, it's like today we tell him the postcode, the address, and the, the, the street. When he got to the street, he saw a man but he doesn't know why did the angel tell me to come here. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Join that man that you saw. Alright. Now look at what happened. Then Philip ran, out, ran up to the chariot. And heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Understand this what thou readest. Hallelujah. <laughs> he says then Philip ran up. Then. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. Now let us see this here. Holy Spirit said, join that man. And that was the end of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, when Philip had the man reading, it was Philip's own job to ask the man, why didn't God send angels to interpret the Bible to the man? Angels are co-servants. They have their job. Their job is to minister to the need of the saints. Okay? The need of the Ethiopian man is salvation. The work of man is to preach Jesus, not the work of angels. And the Holy Spirit himself will not directly preach Jesus. He will preach him through somebody. Whenever the Holy Spirit meets people and arrests people by himself, he always directs a living human to go to them. Because the Bible says, I have seven belongs to God, but the other has given to the sons of men. You need to know this. In all operations of your life, you have a part to play as a child of God. The Holy Spirit has his part to play. Many Christians always fold their hands and pray that the Holy Spirit should do their part for them. That's why they fail. Because the Holy Spirit will never do that. 
Are we together now? Now, another thing I want us to understand is this. This is an ordinary member. He's not a pastor. He is a member of the church. Come on now. And he, 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 he understood the voice of the Holy Spirit. It was not the apostles who told him that that is Holy Spirit speaking. There is no teaching that can make a man know the voice of the Holy Spirit. It is fellowship with God, the Father, that will make you know the voice. You can't know my voice if you, are not, if you don't know me. You can distinguish my voice behind the veil among many voices because you are used to me. Those who hear me on television, I, was, I went to um, uh, uh, a place on, on Sunday to go and pray with somebody. And somebody was trying to, I was reversing to someone, and the person was trying to, you know, you know um, um, tell me that, no, that place is not a right place. You can't, you can't park in this area. This is the area. And suddenly, my glass went down. And the man said, Apostle Williams, Apostle Williams. I said, yes, that is me. He said, I watch you on television all the time. Fellowship. He hasn't seen me physically, but he knows me. One person has said to me before, when he heard my voice, he just turned and said, this is Apostle Williams. I said, yes, this is me. He said, I can recognize that voice. I can recognize that voice. You will only recognize the voice of a person you have close relationship with. Somebody you talk to all the time, you will know his voice when he speaks. Nobody can teach you how to hear God. I was not taught. I was taught how to fellowship and I heard him. The same thing here. So therefore, the Bible says, and Philip went, and Philip preached the word of God to the man. And the man was baptized. There is something we need to need here. We need to know here. After Philip finished witnessing to the man, the Holy Spirit now caught him and he disappeared. And he found himself many miles away in Azotot. Isn't it? Come and answer me. Many ministers today, if God sent them to a man, and such an influential man, they want to take his card. Networking, isn't it? Not in the church of God, man. They want that kind of man to be coming to their church, isn't it? And the one who, who ministers salvation to him, they will get his address and keep on communicating with him. In the name of, I want to follow him up until he settles in the church. But the next thing that you will see is that we are building a house here, we are doing this here, and we begin to bother them. Understand, the purpose of the gospel is not that. The reason why many people don't have encounters is abuse. Let me show you one more. Go to the book of Acts chapter 10. What we are looking at today is that the Holy Spirit is the one behind visions. And the angels are the communications of visions. Look at chapter 10. Really, chapter 9, we are looking at. Chapter 9. You permit me, I'll be about 5 10 minutes just over today. But stop then. Chapter 9 of the book of Acts. The Bible says from verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing a murderous threat against the Lord's disciple. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to, to synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, 
he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say, I say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord Saul asked? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. It says the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anything. <laughs> Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could, not, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now, our senses in Damascus, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in the vision. The same Jesus who appeared to Paul went to Ananias. This is interesting. Yes, Lord, he answered. <laughs> Just like Paul did. <laughs> the Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight can we see this now when Jesus appeared to, to Saul and Saul came up blind why didn't Jesus just remove the scales that's a part for man that angel said, I'm a fellow servant. We are co-workers. My part is to give you revelation. Your part is to make it happen. When you act upon faith, then I, angel, am released. But when you have fear and you could not declare the word of faith, though I'm there to help, I could not help you. I would gather now. And so, the same Jesus went to tell Ananias, go and lay hands on him. You know, the response of Ananias when you read it further is that, Lord, don't you know, this is a murderer. How can I go to him? <laughs> you can't send me. Now, if you look at the discussion of Ananias with Jesus on the vision, you would discover that when a man is an open, in an open vision, you can discuss with the angel. You can ask questions of what you are seeing. And the angels will talk to you. You can rapport with them in an open vision. It's not somebody just saying that I saw oranges and I saw pineapples. <laughs> oranges were ripe, pineapples were not ripe. Then he said, I think you are the orange and you are the pineapple. No, that's not vision. Whoever is showing you that, if it's an angel showing you the oranges, you will ask in the vision, and what is this? And here we say that for the oranges you have seen that is ripe, this is what it means. You remember those of you when the woman was teaching you the book of Hosea? Uh, when he gave a vision? Is it, is it Zachariah? When he gave you a vision about the ripe, the basket that is ripe for, for it, it looks like harvest, and God said that is their punishment. <laughs> Isn't it? Ripe fruits. 
And if it was some prophets today, they would say that that is harvest coming. And God said that is the wages, their wages is ripe for punishment. So understand this, that when angels reveal symbols, man cannot interpret. That is the reason why chapter, chapter 10, it says, I had, an, in chapter 9 it says, an understanding was given to me. But I had, I had to pray for the revelation to come by angel. The same thing in chapter, chapter 10. For the vision, the revelation that was given has to come by vision as well. You know why I'm saying all these things? Because these things are just right around you. Your angel is by you. Your angel follows you everywhere you go. There are ministries present to, to Christians every time, every day, everywhere. But we need to have understanding that these angels are with us and their job have been frustrated by us. And the, 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 the purpose of tonight is for you to understand what you need to take away and what you need to do and you will begin to encounter the angels. Alright? And then we're going to pray. The last episode I'm going to show you is the same Acts. Chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, it says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. There is something we find in all these people that saw angels. They prayed what? Regularly. They prayed what? Regularly. Come on now. Let us talk. Let us talk. Let us talk. You know, you, you are very, very busy. You see, that's why you couldn't pray regularly, isn't it? I think, I think um, a politician who is an MP, member of parliament, should be more busy than you, isn't it? Uh, Daniel was and he was still praying. He was not only representing in the parliament of Babylon, he represented the Jews. Many Jews come to him for problem because you know he's a Jew and he made it. Understand, this one will come for school fees, that one will come for something else, that one will come for something else. So this guy is busy, but not so busy, too busy than to pray. The Bible says he knelt down three times a day. Three times a day. The life of Daniel is so clear. Nobody can tell God, I am a busy man. God will show you Daniel. We cannot be as busy as Daniel. And yet he prayed three times a day. He even had time to go away. We take our holidays to go and, you know, just, we call it enjoy ourselves. Yes, no problem. But Daniel also take holiday just to go and pray. I hope somebody will hear what I'm saying. Does Daniel not have rest? He does. Daniel was a family man. Does he not have a way, a day out or time out with his family? He does. He was a complete godly man. But yet, his role to his family, his role to his wife, his role to others, because the Bible says he's a prophet. A prophet is somebody that others consult to know what God is saying. And his role to the government, because when the, the, the president and the king had a problem, he was asking for Daniel to come and help him. And yet, he prayed three times a day. Nine 12, 3, on his knees. He prayed to the extent that the, a king recognized his prayer hour and his enemies also recognized his prayer hour. And they decided to implicate him and remove prayer from him. And he said, I will not obey a law that is contrary to God's law. Come on now. 
And so he publicly defied that law. He would have said, well, let us just fulfill our righteousness. The Bible says submit to the authorities. Let me obey their law just for a little while. No, Daniel, don't do that. You can make law. No government of any nation has the power to override your fundamental human rights, section 9, which gives you the right to manifest your religion. You say manifest religion, you say just the right to practice religion. The right to manifest your religion. Are we together now? So Daniel prayed. Same thing with this man. He prayed regularly, but he was not a born again. He and his family were devotes, God-fearing. He gave generously to the need and prayed regularly, to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel. He distinctly saw an angel. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came and said, Cornelius, you will distinctly see angels. God will open your eyes to the realm of angels. What a beautiful thing when you see angels. What a consoling thing when you see angels. What a thing of confidence when you see angels. I was preaching one day in a church in Lagos, 28 Olowu Street. Write it down. Go and ask them. Christ Apostolic Church General Quarters. In that crusade, God had destroyed so many powers of witchcraft. So the witches decided to kill me. They failed. Then they went for a meeting a night before and they decided to paralyze me. They got the power together. The whole state witches. And I will tell you how the news came. As they said I was preaching. And they sent paralysis. Paralysis entered into the church. Okay. As I was preaching suddenly. You know when I preach I walk about. And suddenly I started speaking in tongues. But I was preaching. I was preaching in a tongue. And the moment I started speaking in tongue, the power of God moved like a wave. And people started speaking in tongue all over the whole place. And at that time, two people were screaming. The paralysis got to me. This is what happened. The, the Lord opened the eyes of a man and a woman. And they were, they were prophets. And they were, they were speaking. You know this is prophetic. This is not just somebody speaking in tongue. This is the tongue that leads into interpretation. And so, as I was speaking in tongues, they were speaking, they were speaking, they were speaking, they were speaking. And when God is opening like that, you keep quiet. And I kept quiet. And the other one says, don't fear the Lord. Don't fear the Lord. Look at what they have just done. They have said the paralysis. And the other one said, the four angels that surround you in ministry held their hands together. They became a wild wind. And they blew it out. And this, the witch involved, ah, over there. Aha, come, 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 come. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm talking about the power of God. Where the prophet was speaking, you are hearing, oh! And you know, with me, <laughs> prophet finishes his own work. For me, as far as I'm concerned, how can I be paralyzed by demonic power when I have angels? For my ministry, what they saw has been revealed to me before they saw it. As I'm standing here now, they are there. 
Four of them. Anywhere I go for preaching, those angels manifest. When I charge at the devils and evil, you know, Satan worshippers in the Jebulun, they were around me. We, I was with Pastor Dako. One day, we went to Togo to go and preach. And that was where God healed the madman of Klorogo. I'm talking about the ministry of angels. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. And so, that we saw a paralytic, and I told them, take the car back. The power of God was upon me to heal the sick. This paralytic will be raised right now. Pastor and others were with me, and we turned the car back. The paralytic had gone into a, 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 a the, the compound, entered into a compound. I said, knock that door. He must, that paralytic will walk. Listen to me. That is Holy Spirit's unction. We entered the room, the compound. I don't all over the whole place. And usually when we enter a compound like that, we want to speak to the head of the compound. Because you have to take permission from the person who is the human head for you to be able to do anything that you want to do in this compound. And we went to him. And the old man came and sat down on the demonic stool. And he said, what can I do for you? And I stood up. He gave me a bench. And I stood up and I said, that, look, we have come here. I come from England. They are from Nigeria. We are ministers of God. They, there is a, a, a cripple who has just entered this compound. And the power of God is upon me to heal that cripple. Right at your door is a madman who has been mad for 40 years. Now healed. Back healed. Because that madman came, met us there. I rebuked that spirit from the madman. He was healed. We'll talk about that later on when I talk about operating the power of God. And we took the madman I put him in my car. You know what this woman said? He just did bah! And some men started coming from horse. These men are hefty. Six footer. Taller than six feet. Their hands were so big that the, the hands cannot come down like this. It was floating like this. And as they were coming, they were hitting that hand against their body. Bah! Bah! And they were bouncing. Their chest was like that. These are men, shrine men, who are trained to break the head of a man and remove his head from his body and spill his blood on the idols. They surrounded us. Pastor was there with his camera. Pastor Johnson was there. And you know, to me, I was just raising them. They will be in their heart saying that, oh, something will happen here today. <laughs> Isn't it? Come on now. That's what's on that To me, I have no single fear. I have no thoughts of where I was as the premises of another man. I have no thought that the gates are locked. Why have I not got any thought of fear? Be in the midst of killers. The angel of the Lord encamp round those who fear the Lord to what? To protect them. And the man said, he stood up and said, look at me. He said, the person who came to preach before you, we killed him and you sacrificed him to our idol there. So what is he saying? And these men were standing like this, surrounded us. Mm-hmm. He said, I do not permit you to mention that name Jesus here. I stood up and I moved to him too. Eyeball for eyeball. And I said, You know who I am. 
Because you can see. I said, let anybody among these people, the first man that will stretch his hand, I said his hand will be withered. Try it. As I point to the first one, he will back off. To the second one, he will back off. To the third one, he will back off. To the... As I was pointing like this, they were all backing off. I said I came to preach the gospel of Jesus to you. You rejected the gospel. I said this I have not done to mortal man. And I shall do unto you. I turned my back. And I said I shake the dust of my feet against you in judgment. I said follow me. All my pastors and I moved. When I moved, the, the ones who were standing blocking the road, they, they fell away from the road. And we walked out of that place. They were looking on hold. How could we do that? Angels arrested them. I can give you many scenarios. Angels arrested them. You need to know. This has nothing to do with anointing. When you got born again, God assigned angels, all angels to attend to you. All angels. Even if an angel is sent an errand to somewhere else, and he meets you on the way, and you have a need, the moment you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever the need is, that angel has a command by God to stop, attend to you first, before he keeps going. You have billions of angels in planet Earth, more than demons that are in this planet Earth. But you see, what gives confidence to a son? Because you know your father. What gives confidence to a son? Because you talk to your father regularly. You don't go to your father through a third party. Listen to me. When I was with Pastor Dakwan, the rest of them in that bush, I did not think of anything than what I'm saying. I am here in this village. There is no light, there is no telephone in this village. I control what happens in this place. Not any man who was set to this for the devil. Not any man. I, I believe anything I say, if they have not seen fire fall before, if I call for fire, it must fall. Because I am on the mission for the Lord. I have no reason to be afraid of anything. Fellowship with the Father. I told the man, the one you call mad, for 40 years, he's healed. Come and look at him outside. I took the madman to my car, to, my, to the place I was going to do crusade. The room they gave to me, I gave him in a mat. He slept beside me. A man who was mad for 40 years. Why was I not afraid? Like some other people are saying, that, what about if there are demons in him? How can there be demons when I'm there? You have known me for 27 years and I have not changed. Really, I'm going stronger and stronger because my interaction with heaven is not reducing at all in any way of shape or form. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, And you will come and pray to me and you will find me. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. If you look at all these people who I read to you in the scripture, when the angel appeared to, to, to um, um, Cornelius, he told Cornelius where Peter was and he said, This is the address. Go and meet him. He has a message for you. The same angel went to Peter and showed him a trance that they are coming for you the next day by, three, by 12 noon. By the time those guests got to the door of Peter, the angel angel was showing Peter the news that they are waiting for you downstairs. That is how the gospel got to the Gentiles. Listen to me. You have millions of angels at your disposal. Come on, let's stand up on our feet.
You see, the first thing is this. It is your right. Second thing is God has given them already. Faith moves them. Faith moves angels. Fellowship moves angels. If a man speaks by faith unto God, angels are moved. If a man has fellowship with God, angels are moved towards that person. Now, the first thing you're going to do tonight, begin to thank God for the angels of God. Now lift up your voice and begin to thank. Begin to thank God for the angels of God. Begin to thank God for the angels of God. Oh Lord, my King. You know what I would do to you if I was you? My God, oh wow. You have all these angels for me. Thank you, Lord, for your holy angels. That angel said, don't worship me. I am a fellow servant. Lift up your voice and worship God. Thank God for his holy angels. Now begin to tell the Lord to open your eyes to the realm of angels. The Bible says that not all angels ministry spirits, all of them, not some. Tell the Lord it's my turn to see my ministry spirits. Open my eyes, oh God. Open my eyes, oh God. These are people that work with us. Can you imagine when we understand them better? They work with us in the midnight when we sleep. They work with us in the day when we are awake. It is not by anointing. It is by salvation. And not all angels ministries present to serve those who will inherit salvation. If you have given your life to Jesus, then angels are yours for free. Tell the Lord to open your eyes. Tell the Lord, Darius saw angels. I want to see vision, Lord Jesus. I want to see vision, Lord Jesus. Take the Father. Father, send me visions. He said the revelation of Jesus, which the Father gave to him to show. Tell the Father, 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 I want to see, 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 I want to see. Oh, Father, I want to see, I want to see. Turn my heart towards you, oh God. Turn my eyes towards you, oh God. Cornelius saw an angel. Philip saw an angel. When Peter was going to have a wreck, he said, The angel of the God whom I serve is Rab. He was with me yesterday night. Oh Lord, my God. Oh Lord, my God. This is the era of angels on earth. So many of them all over the world. Standing by God's people to work with them. They are already working with you. Tell the Lord, whatever is a hindrance, take it away from me. Grant me the boldness that will provoke angels. Grant me the faith that will cause angels to walk. A Christian should not be defeated in anything. They are the one behind battles. They are the one behind destiny fulfillment. Tomorrow we are going to look more into it. They are the one who fight battles for you. Whenever you are interceding and you are commanding angels, make them happen. They put, you put them at work. 
Whenever you pray by the Holy Spirit, angels are running all over the whole place to ensure that what you are saying comes to pass. They are the custodian of the word of God. By, 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 by angels, Israel was led into the battle of Ai. Israel was led into the battle of Jericho. It was angels that sang the wall of Jericho. It was angels that held the sun. When, when Joshua commanded the sun to stand still, an angel held it. Revolution of the earth and rotation stopped by an angel. It was an angel that destroyed all the army of Sennacherib before Hezekiah. Tell the Lord, it's my turn to see angels. It's my turn to see your holy angels. It's my turn to receive visions from you. It's my turn to receive revelation from you. Father, 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 we pray today for option. Father, my king as the Lord give me an experience change my Christianity to practicality yes Lord yes Lord in Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your holy angels who obey your bidding. According to your holy word, it says, for you will command, he will command his angels concerning me to guide me in all my ways. When the angel that was guiding Israel guided them near Jericho, he made himself known. And Joshua said, are you for us or for our enemies? And the angel said, Joshua, I know you. But this occasion I'm not for you, neither for your enemy. I have now come as a commander of the army of the Lord. Because God has spoken, I must make it happen. <laughs> oh, my king. And yet, to every one of these people, you have commanded an angel. To guide them in all their way to destiny. He says, They will lift you up in their hands. That is the angel's. So that you will not strike your foot against a stone. It says you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Lord, these people acknowledge your name. You have been our protector. Now open our eyes to the realm of angels. 
He went for to say, he will call on me. And I, I will answer him. Lord, I stand as the father of this house. I have testified to them about all my encounters. Most of my encounters, not all, because I cannot even remember everything. And the first book I wrote was my encounters with the Lord and his holy angels. Lord, I did not write about prosperity. I did not write about blessing, but I wrote about your angels. Father, and they have seen it. Even in this church, one time I was ministering and a child said, a, a girl of 11 said, Mommy, 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 can't you see those angels standing before Apostle? At the back of the auditorium she was speaking and the mother hushed her. Shut up! Because the presence was heavy. Without my hearing what the girl said, I stopped and I said, Can you people not see these angels standing by me? And the mother busted into tears. I said, Lord, why can't I see angels? And my daughter did. I stand in Christ in God according to the eternal order of the Holy One who created the heavens and the earth, through whose lips he says, flesh gives back to flesh and spirit gives back to spirit. The grace upon my life that have taken me to heaven a number of times, that have opened my eyes to the realm of angels, that grant me such a faith and boldness that causes angels to act and perform mystery among the sons of men on earth. Receive in the name of Jesus the same grace. To everyone that have joined themselves in our prayer right now all over the world. Because it is the will of God in Christ that you see the ministry spirits. Receive sight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The angel said, I have not come to give you insight. Receive the power of insight in the name of Jesus. Those of you who have been tormented in your dreams by spirits of hell. From today, I change the God to angels. I decree and declare every attitude in you that hinder angels to reveal themselves to man. May the Lord kill it in the name of Jesus. Every barrier around your mind that have clogged your human mind, that hinders your spiritual eyes from seeing from their roots, I command them to wither in the name of Jesus. May the power of His presence rest upon your soul. Today, Tonight, you will encounter angels. By the time you come tomorrow, you will encounter angels. Father, it is the right of every man to see heaven before they see death. Every man who believes in you, if heaven is our home, we can have a foretaste of it. It comes by grace and mercy from you. Of course, you need a heart that really loves you. But Lord, I ask you, how do we measure our love for you? Our love for you is just insignificantly small. And your measure, your, your standard of measure is, He that loveth the Son, loveth the Father. And we are here because we love your Son. And so we love you, Father. 
I ask you, out of your abundant grace and mercy, that every ear that had my voice tonight, you will empower them and engrace them to see your holy angels. Such encounter at River Tigris of Daniel. Such encounter of John the Revelator in the island of Patmos. Such encounter of Philip in Samaria. Encounter of Paul when the ship was going to wreck. Let everyone have it. I thank you, King of Heaven. Because it is done. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Do you know what? Something has happened to you already. When you get home tonight, do one thing I did one day. One day I was so pushed. And I got to my bed and I said, Lord, I've been going to heaven a few times. I've seen various angels. I haven't seen a cherub before. How do they look like? I wish you sent me a cherub. <laughs> and I went into my sleep. That was my last word before sleeping. And an angel of the Lord appeared to me, hit me on my body, take me out of my body, to heaven. That was the day that I recognized that I had seen a cherub twice, but I did not recognize they were cherubs. Because God did not allow the two occasions I saw them before to come near where I can see their physique. I saw them like the light from the altar into other nations for mandates. I will discuss some of them with you tomorrow. But, on this day, as the angel brought me to heaven, right before the throne of the Father in the northern hemisphere, out of the throne I saw the beam, light beam of the throne opened. Light of lights behind the beam of light. Out of him, a beam of light, little, came out and it was coming towards me. And it was getting nearer to me. It became the shape of a baby. And then, a small baby. As it was getting nearer, 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 I can see six wings. The Bible says with two wings they cover their faces. With two wings they cover their body, their feet, and with two wings they fly. And they fly around the throne, and when they come before the throne, their eyes, faces are covered, their feet are covered. And the two flap, and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When the angel got to me, it became big. But when the angel was coming and saw a small baby, and I said, what a baby angel this is. And I heard the voice of the father from the throne says, do not call this a baby angel. This angel has the power to take America out of the face of the map. But when the angel got to me, we are the same height. But he still have a shape of a baby. And I wonder how can a human being, mature man, look like a baby? And the angel said that yesterday night, you asked from the father that... I wish he sent me a cherub. I never knew that God hears our sigh. But he does. If it is from our heart. And he struck his hand from the left to the right. And a book suspended. And on that book is written my name in the handwriting of the father. In gold. 
It is the book of my life. And the angel said, you ask the Lord, how much work have you done on earth? He says, I've come to show that to you. He opened the book and I saw myself. You have, this is, this is a three-dimension universe. This universe is length, breadth, and height. That is how you are located. I am located. But let me say this to you. In heaven, I don't know how many dimensions of operation because you can stand in front of a person and you are seeing the back of that person, the side and the front. I'm not, see, I'm not talking about seeing through. But in one side, you are seeing everything. In one side. So when the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord rove through the heaven, I, I can understand it. Every form of you he sees at the same time. And that was the day I was shown my work. And I was told what is remaining. And I was told how many years remaining for the work to take off. Now let me say this to you. Maybe when you get home today, you tell the Lord that, Lord, if you revealed a cherub to your son, why not me too? And you will be shocked what you will see tonight. You will encounter God tonight. Understand this. Only those who seek shall find. Shall we just take our seats in the heavenly places? Before I will, I will hand over to uh, Pastor, I think it's Pastor Dakbo that is taking the offering. Is that correct? All right, before I hand over to Pastor Dakbo. Yes, choir, you can come up, please. It is my honor and privilege to welcome into the convention some eminent ministers. Fellow servants with mommy and I in the work of ministry who are here tonight. I will start by introducing Reverend Miss Alami, Europe for Christ. Put your hands together for her. They have been here throughout the day for the seminar. And beside her is um, Reverend Lola Oyebade. Uh, house on the rock. I was told it's Horik. House on the hot lick. House on the rock. <laughs> Amen. She was the one that invited me to our minister's retreat on Saturday. We really had a fantastic time. And beside is Reverend Anibaba. That is the messenger to the Greeks. Because he's the one who took us to his country. He's from Kala, you see. <laughs> Dickens West and uh, Pastor Anibaba, they are from the same family, the Greeks. And uh, beside them is um, Reverend and Reverend Mrs. Ogedengwe. Pastor Tunde and uh, Pastor um, Bola, yes, Bola Gidengi. They are from Luton. Luton is far. That is the airport you took when you were going to Israel. Yes, they are from Luton. That's very, very far. And then we have also our pastors from Nigeria, Pastor Dakoshukon and. Pastor Mrs. Shokon, for those of you who weren't here when they came, then you have Pastor Dr. Matthew from 
Republic of Ireland, the Irish, and then Pastor Qatar from CFT India. And uh, all the way from Ghana, Brother Andy, is it, are you elder than our reverend? Don't worry, he is a son of this house. This is a man that God just picked up one day by prophetic and sent him to Ghana. And God told on that day we are sending him away from New Cross. How in a short time he will become a director in Ghana and he will run the affairs of the country. And he got there by the last government, you know, himself and his wife. So we don't know when God will bring them back. But if God didn't bring them back, we will go to Ghana. But Andy and his wife, they have been very, very much son and daughter of this, of this house. Um, do I have another pastor? Ah, Pastor Adekoju from Ireland. <laughs> She's the one who is the pillar that held the church of Limerick. The church of Limerick died. And God used her and her husband to bring them back to life. But in Limerick now, there is only one name. It is Christ's faith tabernacle in the whole of Limerick. Many have fallen along the way. And the church kept on going stronger and stronger. You are very, very welcome. Now, let me personally welcome people who are worshiping here for the first time. Okay, Pastor Anne from Europe for Christ. Please, let's get that together, Pastor. Because you are sitting alone. You know, Pastor Anne is an old woman, but when you see her, you think that she's a teenager. If you were sitting beside the pastors, I would have seen you. Is there, let me now ask before I welcome all visitors. Is there any pastor or minister of God in this place? Maybe you're visiting us from somewhere else. I didn't recognize the wonderful. We want to welcome you. Pastor Andy Jr. Stand up, let us see you. I just saw you now. <laughs> That is Pastor Andy's junior brother. What's your name again, Pastor? Pastor Ben. Yes, yes, yes. Where's your wife? All right. That is Pastor Ben. Yes. I hope I've... What about Pastor Collier Jr.? Is he here? Okay, he was here in the day. All right, Ben, please. Oh, Reverend Collier has started law degree. (laughs) All right, now, let me welcome everyone that is invited today. You are a very important person. If this is the first day you are invited to this house, it's a privilege and a honor for me to welcome you. Please, could you wave your hands up? All the angels of tonight, your friends you invited, wave your hands up. You are coming in for the first time. Do we have anybody coming in for the first time? Yeah, I can see that brother over there. 
You're very welcome. Any other person? Do you know what you must do? You must invite every human being you know. The only people I don't want to bring here are spirits. But if a, if a spirit turns to human and is working, bring him here. Are we together now? Were you blessed by what you had today at all? Has tonight made any impact in your life? You can imagine how many people's lives will be transformed if we can fill the whole of this place. You need to go and speak out. Take, give them the, the website. This message will be on the website right through all the message of today. Tell them to watch it. If they like what they hear, they should come. Alright? And tomorrow is another day. May the Lord bless you. Pastor Dapo, please. Praise the Lord. It's offering time. Amen. I read from the book of First Kings, chapter three. I read from verse three. The Bible says Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking accordance to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices. For that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offering on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and has given him a son to sit on his throne this day. Now, the Lord God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people. You have chosen a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern these great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon have asked for this. And God gave him his request. I want us tonight to stand on our feet as we prepare our offering. The Bible says Solomon offered. He showed his love to the Lord by offering a good sacrifice unto him. I wanted to show your love to God tonight as you give to him. Whatever you give to God in this convention might leave your hand, but we never leave your life. It will bring back in multiple folds God's blessings into your life. And as we do that, I want us to talk to God tonight before we give our offering. I want us to pray. I want us to give our offering as an expression of our love unto God so that God even tonight can visit you as he did to Solomon in a dream. And God will meet every need that exists in your life in the name of Jesus. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the grace and opportunity we have, Lord, to give unto you tonight. We bring this anniversary offering to you tonight as a token of our love for you. Out of the abundance 
you have given unto us, we have brought a token to you. Father, let this be acceptable unto you as you open the windows of heavens and you pour blessings into our lives. Father, we pray that you will receive this from us and you will multiply your blessings back to us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, church. If we can please take our seats. Amen. We have a special number to minister unto you.
Minister, please rise. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your strength, our Lord and our God. And thank you, Father God, for thy strength, thy riches to the heavens. Thank you, Lord, for the ability you've given to us in you and the deep insight, Lord, that we have received from your throne of grace tonight. And it's the heart, Lord, that is filled with thanksgiving and praise tonight that we have brought our offering into your storehouse. Some of us have brought our tithes as well. Lord, this is a holy offering that has been brought by a holy people. We ask, Father, that you consume it with your holy fire. Your word is filled with promises concerning those who give heed to instruction. As we have given heed to your instruction tonight, we receive the blessings that come with it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Well, once again, I'd like to welcome you to the 27th anniversary convention of Christ Church Tabernacle. It's an exciting time. Praise the Lord. Now, tomorrow the program continues. There's a daytime session, and the daytime session starts with prevailing prayer with Apostle from 9.30 a.m. And the prayer session will, after this prayer session, a number of sessions throughout tomorrow. Can I ask that you pick up a copy of the program on your way out just to familiarize yourself with the details of the program. If for whatever reason you're unable to attend, please know for those who did not attend during the daytime today, it's already live available. And the best thing you can do for yourself is to do a recap before tomorrow. And it's available there for you to digest and to be a part of what God is doing in this season. We thank God for his faithfulness. And tomorrow evening, please don't forget to invite your friends along. Your role is just to go out there and just to invite someone, just to let them know what God is doing in your life. The easiest thing we can do is to share the testimony of what God is doing in my life. Just go out there and simply say, last night I heard about the revelation of angels. Do you want to see angels? You'll be amazed the number of people who will be inquisitive, who want to be a part of what God is doing in this generation. Well, we thank God for, your t- for, for you coming tonight. Can I ask, please, that if you registered for the dinner or registered if you paid for the dinner and you've not picked up your invites, please do so on your way out. It's available on the desk. Please do so on your way out. We understand there are a number of cards that are still waiting there to be picked up. And please pick that up. It will give you the details of the venue for the event um, on Saturday. And the Lord will bless you richly. Praise the Lord. I'd like to invite Mommy, Reverend Omar, to close us in service. You know, we're doing very well tonight. Let's welcome her. Praise, praise the Lord. Shall we rise please to bring this meeting to a close?
with that uplifted hand, shall we read uh, the Hebrew 13, 20, and 21. Now, may the God of peace, that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work, to do his will, working in us, that which is well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our national anthem. There shall be showers of blessing. Show! 
up to us according to our confession. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. The Calling of Apostle Williams DVD is available at Amazon.co.uk and Apostle's brand new book, The Call of Apostle, at ApostleWilliams.com. 2017, the Year of Transformation at Christ Faith Tabernacle, Ebenezer Building, 186 Power Street, Woodis, London, SE18 6NL. Visit cftchurches.org or call 020 8316 2332. 2017 is your year of transformation. You can now join us for the explosions that are happening in our satellite churches, Berlin, Germany, Ennis Island, Dublin Island, Limerick Island, Bristol UK, Birmingham UK, Chandigarh India, Marabha Nigeria, Lagos Nigeria and Abuja Nigeria. 